You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. This week's episode is split into two sides. This is Side A. Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your host, Armand. You can follow me on Twitter at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. ClockRadioSpeakers.com, powered by Tumblr. Uh, this is also powered by the good folks at 4th District. You can also catch us on iTunes. Please vote, rate, comment, all that good stuff. We are on SoundCloud. Follow us there, SoundCloud.com slash ClockRadioSpeakers, Facebook.com slash ClockRadioSpeakers, and our official tw- Twitter handle is at CRS Podcast. And of course, I'm here with Doc. Good day to you, sir. Good day to you. Uh, what's going on, everybody? You can follow me on Twitter at Doc underscore Beats, S not a Z. I'm currently in the sweltering savannah of, of Connecticut where I need like fans on me and windows open and it's only May. I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not really appreciating this. <laughs> you have to get fans cool to go. You know, I have a lot of ad libs in this show, I feel like. <laughs> And of course, given the ad-libs, we said we was going to bring him back. The homie Dre Murray is back in the building. Yeah, yeah. William D. Holler. <laughs> Taking over for the 9-9 nine, nine and the 2000. Oh, man. You ready? No, you ready? Where can they... Hey, where can they uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say Show Barack owe me $10, man. That's, that's all I was going to say from 2008. But I ain't, I ain't going to bring it up, though. It's all why, he owe you ten, why he owe you $10? Man, you know, I forgot, but I just know he owed me ten dollars, man. I didn't want to say that on his publication because, you know, he walking around with this big website now, but he can't pay me ten dollars. I just don't yeah, understand. That's Yo, pay that man his money. Pay with in the in the words of uh Riley Freeman, pay what you owe. How where, can they, where can they follow you? Where can they follow you at on on, on the good old social media, Dre? Uh at Dre Murray twenty two. Uh the number two two. That's that's for everything. Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, holla at me. Holla. We're going to say that holla. a lot this episode. You got any, uh, you got any, uh, you got your Black Planet page still up? Nah, man, I never had a Black Planet Planet page, dog. Oh, you missed that wave? I didn't miss it. I avoided it, G. Like, uh, my. <laughs> he sidestepped it. He was like, nah. <laughs> you, I, was you trying, was... I was live in person, man. I couldn't, I, I was, I wasn't on the internet like that. Uh okay 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 okay. I was yeah. scared of the internet back then. Like yo, I had I had two stories from Black Planet. One was a great story, and one was the worst story ever. <laughs> like one was a had a the happiest ending in the world, and the other one was like I literally live the Janet Jackson Freddie Jackson scene from <laughs> like that really happened. It's terrible. So. Enough about me embarrassing myself. Let us get into the thick of things. Th- thick of things. I'm sorry. Um, Doc and Dre and myself kind of decided that there's really nothing like really worth talking about going on in the culture, going on in hip hop. Hip hop's real quiet. Um, we're gonna forego NBA playoffs because that Southern Lights overexposed drop though. There you go. There you go. Tell them where they can get that. Get that on iTunes. You know what I'm saying? You can go to collision-records.com and grab that physical copy. Or you can hit up, you know, the page and look for a store uh, where you can get a physical copy. You know what I'm saying? So make sure you cop that. Word, word. Congratulations for charting. Congratulations for charting. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, just move on. Move on. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so speaking of Billboard charts and Hit records Yeah <laughs> you, I feel like you're about to go into uh, 99 Puff Daddy mode So, um, Oh, no, I'm, I am in I am in Ziggly Wiggly 
<laughs> baby and and Manny Fresh intro. Like I just need a bunch of musicians around me playing while I intro this. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Cats, dogs. Dun. <laughs> I'm about to buy a platinum football field. All of that stuff. All the lies you can muster up. Yep. We're going to talk about, we're going to go over the Cash Money Records discography. Um, at the end of last week's show, we we, we kind of talked about, you know, our introduction to Cash Money and we kind of briefly touched on it. But this week, we're going we gonna to dig deep. We're going to go deep word to Janet Jackson. So um, do we want intro- to, go- come on, man, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, so are we going to just go like straight into 400 degrees? Is there anything else that needs to be introed or like, can we just talk about 400 degrees? Where do, where do we leave off at? We basically talked about our first exposure to cash money. So, okay. Right. So I wasn't, you know, I, for me, who was like, as, as I told our mom, our mom before the show started, like in this era, I had backpack strap on extra tight. You know, I was, yeah. I, I was, I was really trying to be about that raucous life, and uh, I wasn't trying. To, I wasn't trying to hear this, this Juvie the Great. So, um, so for me, it was you know, ha. But so we we sort of we sort of set the stage with talking about how we first first heard about Cash Money, and I, just to wrap that up real quick. So we all agree that 400 degrees is the logical place to start. So I guess my only question to you two is why? Like, why do we start here? What's so well, special about 400 degrees? I, I just to interject, like I yeah. think. I, I know we 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 said 400 degrees, but just kind of thinking back and and looking over the discography, like 98 was when they got that deal, yeah. But ni- 97 actually set them up for that deal, um, because of like get it how you live, mm-hmm. the high boys joint moved, so soldier Ags moved, but then when they dropped get it how you live, yeah, and uh, you know the big timers came out with the how you love that that was like. That was like okay, they're on our radar. Um, I don't know. If we want to start there, but maybe just mention it. That you know, it, it started in '97, but we saw like the fruit of everything in in '98. You know, what I'm yeah. Saying? Like so, yeah. I I agree with that. Now, now, Dre, let me ask you. You did you did you have get it how you live when it first came out, or did you like have to go back and 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 get it later? I got Get It How You Live in, let's see, uh, the second one, the, the second Hot Boys joint came out. I had it on the first day of school senior year. So that was 99. So yeah, I, the year before, but I was in my car. So, so yeah, I got the first, I got the first joint uh, in 99. And then after that, that's when I was like, okay, um, let me start going back. So I got yeah. the I got the sec. I got get it how you live. Probably I got my car in February of 2000, and I had a tape a tape deck, so I had to get the tape. Um, and I got that probably February in 2000. So I was like a couple years behind. Yep. Like likewise. Um, yep. I, after after the this this first run, and I'll define the first run. Um, like once we get to it or whatever, I definitely went back and grabbed the get it how you live album and. It was dope, right? Yeah, it was. It was super dope. It was. It was. It was interesting because I was. I was looking at it through the lens of already hearing um, Guerrilla Warfare. So yeah, and but it was almost like Guerrilla Warfare. I mean, Guerrilla Warfare was just a beefed up, more polished version of yeah. Uh, Get it how you live, but yep. I mean, it still it carried the. There was no. 
um, it's just crazy to see cash money now because it's like a lot of trend following and a lot of mixing of the trends and it's just it's just with everything else. But at that particular time, like they had their own thing. And so like get it how you live and guerrilla warfare, like I said, guerrilla warfare was just a bigger version, but they still carried the same like feel. Like it it, it flowed consistently. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah. Um because, you know, things, trends can change from year to year. So now that wouldn't happen. Like, it would be a completely different feel of the of the album. So, yeah, the crazy thing, the crazy thing is I went back and I was kind of doing some reading and um, the A&Rs from Universal, like, really had to force them to work with outside artists um, because they knew that the, what they had, they had such a unique sound that they didn't want to, it wasn't, it wasn't even the fact of them wanting to quote unquote prostitute it, but they just didn't want anybody. They just didn't want anybody other than the in-house team to capitalize off of the, the uniqueness that, that they brought at the time. That's crazy. Yeah. You, did you hear, uh, juveniles, uh, interview on combat Jack? Uh, yeah, I don't remember it though. He just talked about their recording process, like how there was never a, Hey, this album is Soldier Rags. Uh, yeah, record your sixteen songs for it. It was, you know, everybody just get in. Manny Fresh pull up a beat, and then you just record a song. They don't know what album is going on, so it's kind of like you know, a lot of these were like the you know the the Frankenstein uh, method, where you just kind of piece together the album at the end, which is you know, to hear him say that, like, it's a credit to, to just their work ethic. Cause, and then, like I said, it was just a consistent sound, you know? So I know they were dealing with one producer, but the albums didn't seem like they were just like, I'm gonna take this song and piece it together with this song. It was just like, you know, it was so fluid. Like all of them were really, really fluid. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into the first album. Um, out of, out of this, out of this, I guess this, uh, this first initial run, which is a uh, juvenile 400 degrees. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to do track by track because we have a lot of albums to talk about on this show. Um, but uh, Doc. Yeah. Quiet guy. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> what, what was it? What it <laughs> so talk, 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 because Dre and I obviously have an extensive history with cash money. Um, but you were saying what? What was it that you were telling me off air about Cash Money Records? Oh, and right, right. Dre, Dre, beats. Yeah, Dre, you probably should sit down for this one. Um, before <laughs> before I started doing research for for this little for this little retro, I, I don't think I had heard a single one of these albums. Like, period. I heard all the singles, obviously, but like, I never I never bought a Cash Money album growing up. So this was a very different experience for me, right? Like, because the the singles, I immediately have that nostalgia, so I immediately remember. But right. the the songs and the albums themselves, I'm hearing with 2015 years, so it was very um, it was a very interesting experience. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing that was really interesting to me is to sort of see how, so to try to like unpack why Ha was so successful was really interesting to me because the video was was on TV all the time, but I feel like at the time hip hop had this habit. I don't know if it does it so much anymore because now it truly is, you know, national. Like there is no, there is, I should say there is no, there isn't as much of the, we're going to go parachute into this, you know, this new 
this like bubbling little subculture somewhere that we haven't tapped into yet. We're going to sign a bunch of artists. There was a, there was a time where that's what they were doing. And even though no limit was obviously New Orleans, this felt like a whole different sort of sound. Soldiers. And and to me, it really was (laughs) right. And so to me, what it was, it was almost like, I'm going to call it hip hop tourism. Like, I feel like, (laughs) and it's true, true. No, I I mean, I feel like, because I feel like the media really loved that. I feel like they would really, they would sort of be like, oh, this is the new thing. We're now going to get a glimpse into this ghetto. We're going to get a glimpse into this ghetto. And I feel like the way that that the video for Ha was shot, I feel like the very unconventional, especially for people who are listening to like New York hip hop, the unconventional uh, rhyme scheme and the flow that, that Juvie's using. People were like, it was a novelty to them. And I'm not saying that's good or bad because I think the song is classic. But I think it's one of those things where, especially for a lot of the media, because they were all New York based, they were all used to hearing a certain kind of sound. They treated it almost as like a novelty. Yeah. But I mean, and you had, I mean, if you look over the course of hip hop, like that's what, you know, the, the, like the hip hop I grew up on was you, like you said, you, you hit it right on the head. Like it was, it was tourism. Like you were able to go into somebody else's culture and into their environment and hear their terminology here, you know, uh, see how it, with videos, see how they dress. You know what I'm saying? I had soldieries. I had the the big FUBU uh, jerseys. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's, it's I, I was able to go to New York and California and all this. And you look at hip hop, like as far as the waves, it's right. always like that. So like, you know, the West Coast took the baton from the East Coast and you got Dre, you know, showing a whole, it wasn't like NWA. That was a totally different West coast. Right. Like, yep. um, yep. and then, you know, transition into, you know, after that with Illmatic and then it, it just goes on and on and on. But now we see a cycle of just, you know, we don't know where these people are from. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like it all feels like the exact same thing. Um, and so I think that's why it was such a, it was just, he caught, it happened for him or for cash money at the perfect time. Like, because it's kind of like we were, uh, hip hop fans were like ready for something new, uh, and exciting and fresh. And like you said, a whole different culture and and master P them were out, but they were from a different project. So that's kind of like two different worlds. You know what I'm saying? Like even their slang, like they, some of their slang were the same, but if you listen to some of the stuff that they said versus what cash money said, it's, it's completely different in some instances so you know i just think i mean hip-hop overall not just you know i'm I'm exist in the subgenre of christian hip-hop i feel like it it, it happens all across the board where there's no identity anymore like nobody yeah nobody knows where they're from (laughs) you know what i'm saying right i mean to me it was it's more that everything is is merged like there is no there i shouldn't say there is no there is very little regionalism on in the way that it used to be yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing about another thing about um, the difference between No Limit and Cash Money. No Limit also had that that the Bay West Area Coast, influence, yeah. right? You know, because because P spent that time in uh in Northern California, right? And he brought right. that back. But Manny, I think Cash Money's sound was authentically New Orleans. It had that New Orleans bounce to it. Yep. It had that musicality to it. That that beats by the pound, like to keep it real, wasn't really offering. Right. Um, so. Right. Yeah. It was Beast by the Pound was very their stuff was very simple at times to where Manny was just 
it was just musical, man. Like it was stuff yeah. that was just it felt live at times. Yeah, even my, even my my favorite part since we're kind of talking about four hundred degrees, yeah. Manny gets a part on uh, the the high remix. The last minute and a half of that, Manny's doing switch ups with the drums. Yes, he's yes. building up, and it's amazing. Yep. The hot, the yep. beat on the hot remix, I personally I like it better than the beat on the on the original. Yes. I'm yep. I'm I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. Yeah. Like I agree. That yeah, that that record. What is what are some other records that like really stood out to y'all on this album? Uh like we already mentioned the the title cut 400 degrees um like everything about like that record like for, from a production standpoint you know, the voice effect um, was used. It was done tastefully. It wasn't like today's, you know, overuse of the auto tune and just where everybody sounds like it was just it was it was kind of reminiscent of like Roger Troutman and, mm -hmm. you know, that type of funk era where they kind of did. They kind of use their voices as instruments as well. Um, and just the way his cadence on there was just, and the just the way he commanded the mic was like ridiculous. So that's like one of my favorite ones. And then um, I love uh, "Follow Me Now" just for like the Latin <laughs> influence. And wow, uh, you're the first person I've ever heard to say they like that song, bro. Yeah. That is one of my favorites. The way he rides that, the beat, it's so New Orleans, like yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, the whole, like the whole joint for me, I can't, like, it's so, I can just sit back and just close my eyes and know exactly where I was when I was hearing some of these songs. So it's, for me, like, it was one of the ones that I'd, I'd never really even skip anything. Even the skits, the skits are hilarious. <laughs> uh, back the lineup, up, son. Yeah. <laughs> I still, to this day, say, it ain't got to be all that, bro. I still right? say that. <laughs> well, baby, call baby. <laughs> he got to catch me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was just, I mean, but yeah, definitely um, um, follow me now and, and 400 Degrees are definitely two of my favorites. And then of course high. Like that was just, you know, I wasn't I wasn't really digging the the remix with, with Jay. Um, and nobody did, don't worry. Nobody was, don't worry. <laughs> you know, I know Flex supposedly dropped bombs and all that, but I didn't really that was like a I think that was, you know, Jay just trying to get the Southern vote uh at that particular point. But yeah. yeah. For somebody who was known for their flow, Jay felt really uncomfortable on that track. He didn't know he couldn't catch it. Yeah, he couldn't catch it. He couldn't catch it. It was so. Uh, it was almost like it's some young boys from Houston now um, that uh, I'm not going to promote. But um, never. Mind, I'm not even going to say that. Never mind. I'm not even going to talk about. It. I saw it this morning. And I was like, man, it's, this is sad. But I'm not even going to speak on it. Carry on. Edit right. that part out. All right, Doc. What were you gonna say? Uh, I was gonna call Funk Flex the original hip hop tourist, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we didn't even talk about back that thing up. I mean, that's that was a, a, a hit record, but for me, what Four Hundred Degrees was, um, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't look to that record to like describe it or like I know it was the biggest record on there, but it wasn't like the standout. Mm. Yeah, I mean, to me, like that record, like if you, you know, you put together a, a cash money, like like a greatest hits from that era, like that's got to be on it. And it's interesting to me because like, especially like later on, we'll talk like, especially once we get into like the, two, the, the albums from 2000, like many shows a pop side that... And I say pop, not like in a, like a, you know, not like in a Christina Aguilera kind of, but you know, like a, a crossover, like he, he shows a knack for a lightheartedness. And to me, like bag that thing up is like sort of the first hint at that, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, it's a, it's a, I don't know. It's a classic record. Like, I mean, as somebody who didn't grow up on the albums, who, who grew up on the singles, like I'm not going to lie, like that song came on and I was like, you know, oh my goodness, I'm back in high school again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about you, Armand? What, what, what do you got for standouts on this? Shoot, man. <laughs> uh, shoot. Of course, high. Ghetto children. Uh, run for it. Welcome to the Noya. The high remix. Uh, rich niggas is incredible. Um, and then four and four hundred degrees. Like like rich like rich, man. Rich like <laughs> the way the way the way Wayne comes on that record. Like Wayne. One thing that I noticed, like doing this retrospective, like you can say what you want about Wayne, but you can point out two things. And I think Dre and I will probably get into this a little later. One, he was hungry. And two, there was always an emphasis on his lyrics. Yes. And I didn't I didn't realize that until now. Like we always talk about Wayne being lyrical in the, you know, dedication days, uh, you know, when he was doing the squad tapes and stuff like Wayne was rapping like Wayne early Wayne was Always, he was, it was always rapping. And even if it, it's, it's the argument that I always say about people like, you know, Ross and, um, you know, certain, I mean, and even, even like current Wayne or 2000 or 2011, 2012 Wayne, like we survived the era of like the snap rap of the mid 2000s. So nowadays from like 2000 and I don't know, nine or 10 up until currently, like, the majority of the raps, the rap that you hear on the radio, they're trying to be lyrical. So whether you um, like it or not, like you can still hear the effort in it. You know what I'm saying? So I can hear whether whether or not you agree with me and say, well, Wayne won lyrical because he wasn't doing, you know, lyrical schmiracle in your swimming pool. Like he was still rapping. He was still lyrical and he was still doing wordplay, punchlines, similes, metaphors, all the things that the rapidly rappers ask for. Like early Wayne was doing that. And he definitely did that on Rich Niggas and on a lot of records on these early Cash Money albums. Yeah, he just did it in a in a in a New Orleans way, and then you know his later stuff he catered more to the you know the East Coast way of doing things. But like that, him in that element, like there's no, there's no comparison to what he does now, in my opinion. Like just he was just he was spitting. Like you said, he was hungry, but he was just spitting. Like he was out to murder everybody on each track. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how I felt. Like whenever he got a chance to to shine. And it seemed like, you know, a lot of the um argument these days or a lot of talk around his projects or his songs or that he sounds lazy. Like he never he never sounded lazy to me on any of those. It was like even if it was the what people would consider the most simplest um rhyme pattern or even just the, what he was saying, like he still put forth the 
the effort. Like I remember Jay saying one time, like a lot of times it's not um, how he puts the words together, but it's how he says it. Uh-huh. He just has the the it, and it's like I remember reading stuff like even you remember the source cover where Juvie had the the yellow uh, Hummer. Yeah, uh, I remember. I think in that article he was they were asking him they were asking him about Wayne, and he was just like he's the next one. Like he's been saying that forever. Like he's the greatest. And that was like, uh, new. That was right before the G code, right? Yep, yep. Okay, right yep, before everything fell apart. Yep, I remember that. I remember that source. Yep, 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 yep. Um, is there anything? I don't know. Should I even should we even ask? Like, is there any? Is there anything on here that's like terrible? No. There's some. There's some stuff that. Um, the only reason why I get through half of Welcome to the Noia because Turk is on it. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I usually go ahead and go through it when I was actually into this record like that. Um. I can't. I'm trying to remember some of the some of the uh, the beats because some of them have a completely different feel from um, or not. Feel, I shouldn't say completely different feel. They all they all were consistent, but you could just tell that Turk was on it or who's the other guy that was on here? Uh, Papa Rue. Papa Rue. Yeah. Like I always <laughs> I always knew when those songs were about to come on. <laughs> I was ready to hit the next button. Um. But I, I usually made it through the whole thing until they came on. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like Cash Money albums um, have great first singles. Then they like like the songs after that. Maybe the next two or three songs after that are very eh, and then they don't end well. He had a lot of singles for this joint, though. When you think about it, you know he, he did. did. Uh, he did. I'm I'm th- he- I'm thinking like more in the future. But there was well, according to Wikipedia, there's only three singles. Nah, he did. Um, do they have Ghetto Children on there? That's not. Nah. He did a video for Ghetto Children, if I'm not mistaken. I remember that. Um, and then there was High, um, Back That Thing Up. Uh, back, he did. Back, back That Thing Up? Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I, my, yeah. You don't remember that version? What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were, so, we were talking about that offline. It's like, yo, like, I, I, I never referred to a woman's posterior as her thing. Like, yeah, that was. I mean, that that was all about Universal. I don't think they really, yeah, sure, wanted to do that. Um, there, I thought there was something else though that he did a, a video for. I mean, when I went to St. Louis, they were playing. They were playing rich niggas on the radio. But yeah. I don't think. I just don't think he did a video for well, it. Though. Right. I mean, there's a difference between what they played on the radio and what was a single. Right. Like yeah, right. Well, I, you know, I lived in I lived in New Jersey when Life After Death came out, and they pretty much played the whole album on the radio. But that doesn't mean it was all a single. You know, like, right? <laughs> I miss those days. Yeah. Man. I know for sure. Ghetto Children was they they didn't count that one as a single. Yeah, though, but I remember that for sure. It was. I remember anyway. that. I was like, why are you? Because I was like, why are you making a single for that? I was like, why are y'all shooting a video for this? Like, I like the song, but like this ain't single worthy. That was probably a universal call. Yeah. Yeah, they want them they want to milk it. Like they want to milk it because this album went four? Uh, f- yeah, four times platinum. It started out like slow though. You remember that? That uh that is that that uh that Akon. Yeah, yeah. It started out like that, like super slow. And then when he dro- when he started dropping uh the singles, I don't remember like the order of events, but I know when it first came out, like it was like a dud at first. Well, and Me I mean, because back that thing up was uh, what early '99, spring '99 is when that single was like really big. 
Yeah, right. it says right. uh, February. It says February twentieth. Right when it was officially released. So, right. Yeah, so sp- that, that was like that was spring ninety nine. So that album was selling consistently for you know almost a full year, probably. Yeah, he had longevity with that joint for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I had to buy the album. I bought the album four times. Wow. Because because I kept it kept either. It, there's two albums of mine that kept getting stolen, and it was 400 Degrees, and it was Method Man uh, T2000 Judgment Day. Really? Yeah. No, I don't do that. That's a great album. Um, don't do that. <laughs> oh, listen. Don't I, do that. You have to slander Method Man's second album. That's what you're not finna do. Look, I've held back. I'm being polite. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> so let's let's okay. So then let's transition and let's go to unless does anybody else have anything else to say about uh about four hundred degrees? All right, let's get into the the follow up, um, which was BG Chopper City in the Ghetto. Man, now, I love Cash Money's and Army. Love that record. Yeah, yeah I like man. that record more than High. Yeah, yeah he got some quota. That that song, like BG, even though well he came up with that one, I'm guessing, but. He has a lot of quotables in hip hop. He does. Like he's he's made a lot of things that people s- still say to this day, and was referenced by a lot of uh, lyricists. You know what I'm saying? Like people still yeah, say that I'm a you know what whatever's an army, better yet a navy. Like people still throw that in their lyrics. Yeah, people don't realize that that was BG. <clears throat> <laughs> that was that yeah that one Jay Z y'all like that was exactly that was BG like so I remember like really being excited for this album because 400 degrees um really made me like BG and then when the video for Cash Money is an Army came out like I was sold yeah that um, video was crazy yeah like I loved again Cash Money did a great job picking first singles. So high's a first single. That's great. Now Cash Money is an Army is a great first single. Um, one thing that a lot of people don't really realize, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure if casual hip hop fans or casual Cash Money fans know this, but like this, this, uh, this album was the album that housed Bling Bling. Right, right. Like that's crazy. And that is to this day, is that Cash Money's biggest single as far as like influence or Cause I mean, people still to this day, your grandmother probably says bling bling. Yeah, no, for sure. Like that was the, that was, that's it. I mean, they put it in a dictionary for God's sake. Like, I mean, it's, that's, that's it. Like it, this, this one is what put them, you know, in front of like mainstream to where it, and, and like, which is crazy because I feel like this may have been the point where things begin to like unravel just a little bit. Mm. Um, why do you say that because it started you know like with anything uh any movement when they start venturing off into uh un uncharted waters or unknown territory um and and things get bigger and things kind of you know with the financial trouble that they're having now like a lot of it i don't feel like stems from I think I think some of it stems from like maybe not malicious, but just bad business practices. But then which this can be included in bad business practices. But I think some of it is just ignorance of not knowing uh, because there's so many people involved. Um, And so I feel like this is the point where it's like you go from this little operation that's doing a whole lot to 
you know, coming into corp- the corporate world, which they saw 400 degrees. And like you said, you were excited after 400 degrees. Imagine what the world did. It's kind of like, or at least the country did. It's kind of like, you know, the corporations or universal like saw that, I feel like, and it took them to another plateau. Well, in that, now you got, you know, other lawyers, you got other executives involved. And I feel like this is what took them from that little shop to the bigger shop to where now Juvie is saying, hey, I thought I was supposed to be owner of the company. <laughs> and Universal is telling Baby and Slim, I'm like, yo, that's not a good idea. Like, we should just put the money over here. You know what I'm saying? And now that's when I, th- I feel like this is when uh, I never seen a royalty check starts to come into play. Right. Because it's, it's just so much money coming through. And, you know, and then they're blinded by you know, bling bling is taking off and, you know, they're blinded by all the success. And, you know, it always happens like that, bro. Like all the success, you know, people get engulfed in that and then they kind of get slapped and woke, you know, woken up. At least one person usually gets hit and then they try to communicate that to everybody else, which in this case, we know Juvie did and nobody really wanted to leave. And then we start seeing a trickle down effect where it's like, man, that dude was right. You know what I'm saying? Like, Ice Cube, Win W.A., Dr. Exactly. Drake, Death Row. Yep. 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 It just, it, it happens like that. And, and, you know, not to go off on a tangent, but I think like that's what happened with Rockefeller too. Like partly it was kind of like it started getting, you know, big to where Def Jam was like, okay, we got to swallow this up. And that kind of started causing friction or whatever. So I, I feel like that happens a lot, but I feel like this is where cash money started their downward spiral. Mm. That early. It, it, it that's, that's interesting to me because yeah, yeah, like it's like slow burn they're not even at their to me like they're not even really like at this point they're not even really firing on all cylinders when you think about the sort of like crossover hits that they would make over the next couple of years you know what i mean right but i'm saying the pieces that's why i said it's it's starting the pieces are starting this is where universal says Hey guys, do you see the potential here? Let's get, you know, let's get 10 people in this office and and we're, we're putting all our attention on cash money now. So now there's all these different handlers. I feel like that the, the, uh, the original members, you know, they don't know these people like that. I mean, they straight out the hood. Like they don't know about the business of it. You know what I'm saying? And all these, I just feel like all these other people start to come in and they saw all this potential. So they just threw everything at that potential. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it was a small operation and now you add, I know universal kind of gave them freedom, but I just feel like they came in a little bit and got in baby and maybe slim's ear on some things. And then, like I said, some of it was just ignorance to where they didn't know what was going on half the time. I don't think, I think this was just a start of it where those pieces were starting to form. Like, you know, we're going to wait and see what happens. And then bling bling happens. And it's like, okay, now, you know, we really need to pay attention. And then you got Wayne coming out. It's like, it was just a downward spiral. Like it didn't happen overnight, but I just feel like this is where it started. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. you might be the first person I've ever heard try to give a defense of, of baby. Um, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm not saying he's completely wrong, right? but you got to just think of where they came from. And I mean, you're running an operation by yourself. I know that he probably had a a team, but just thinking of where everybody came from. And now you walk into Universal Records, like 
with people that actually know the record business from top to bottom or think they know the record business from top to bottom. Um, and they throw all this money at you. I mean, they know stuff that, I mean, even I've heard, you know, Juvie say that, you know, he, that's the reason why he knows his contracts, you know, front to back. Now he can read them now in school, other artists, because he realized at that point he didn't know anything. You know what I'm saying? It's like the lock, you know, look at the locks or, um, you know, uh, or even Cube, like Cube didn't know. We talking about Cube leaving NWA. Like it's always a deal where you got these people that come from, you know, just think about the environment they come from. They're not worrying about no publishing and no, you know, like Turk, his interview with the Breakfast Club, he said, you know, asked him if he ever seen a royalty check. He said, I don't even know what it looks like. I don't even know what one looks like. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you, you're getting money from somebody and you're happy, cars are being passed around, you're on TV, you're touring, but little do you know, you got people that actually know what they're doing and they're controlling certain aspects of the business yep. that you know nothing about. Yeah. So then when you when you finally get an accountant that is skilled and they say, yo, or a lawyer, and they say, yo, you might want to come look at this real quick. And they actually break it down to you in plain English. It's like, wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like this is where that started, but they just didn't know what was going on for a lot of times. And I don't think I don't think that was just the artist. I think I don't think baby them knew everything, especially publishing. That's like a complicated animal. It is. And it's actually interesting. Like one thing, you know, we we didn't touch. We didn't really touch on when we talked about sort of the rise of, of Rough Riders. And it's a similar concept with with. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a similar concept with uh you're just gonna do uh Swiss beats ad libs in the background. It's a similar concept with Cash Money, which is for the labels, you know, coming off of like they had huge success in like ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, but they were coughing up a lot of publishing money for samples. Yep. And now for for Universal, they famously it was a what a thirty million dollar deal with Cash Money. But yeah. with the exception of what that one record on uh, with uh, the exception of Follow Me Now, which has which is which has a sample, yeah. none of these records are samples. So there's no split publishing. There's there's no clearing samples. It is just pure money, right? And right. so I have no doubt that that is also when you talk about like Universal really trying to like you know do, go to work with promotion and everything else. Like they're making it's a lot easier to make money off of this. Yeah. And think about like Juvie again. He said I wasn't just making it up like he actually said because he's one. Of, I mean, he's older. Like he yeah. was, you know, more baby's age than he was Wayne and BG. Right. Like right, so right, right. for him, he said when he came in, he he literally thought or it was talked about that he would be he would have ownership in the company. So now, again, Universal comes in. And even if that was brought up, it's like, yo, you can't have one of your artists as an owner. So I guarantee you, like, that stuff wasn't even talked about. And then when you start getting, you know, these little checks, um, or you just living off of show money, it's, it's, you start asking questions. And, yep. you know. Because you're seeing, you're, seeing, you're seeing your owner, you're seeing, you know, I'm sure it's upgrades to the offices. Yeah. I'm sure cars are appearing out of nowhere. I'm sure they're pulling a Suge Knight and instead of giving them a check, they're buying them houses and things right. that they, you know, ultimately can write off. And, you know, it's like, I got this new house, but I got, you know, $150 in my account. Right. Yep. You know, so, yeah, I can tell. I, I, I never thought about that, but that makes total sense. That bling, because bling, bling, that, that made it to MTV. High and Cash Money is an Army. That was, that was Rap City 
MC no, Chance. How was on MTV? How was definitely on MTV. Okay, how was? All right, y'all yeah. are right. Y'all are right. But that's, are right. But that's what I'm but saying. Like, I this feel is like a that totally different potential. monster. Right, but 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 400 degrees. I feel like set that up. Right. Like yeah. it, it set it set it up for them to say, not let's let's strike now, but hey, let's get the soldiers in place because I feel like we got a monster on our hands. You know what I'm saying? And and you know, part I think partly part part of it is you know as an artist you want things a certain way. And maybe they were used to things a certain way when it was just cash money and selecto hits, uh, one stop distribution where they, right. you know, they were expecting checks on a certain day and they got them or they were paid with cash or however it was done. But now you, you're dealing with a corporation where it's like, you know, that's real slow money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so it was, I think it was coupled with a, with a lot of, you know, it, it was coupled with, with one that they didn't know what they were doing. Um, and, and two, there were just, there were other people involved that knew more about the business than they did. So we haven't even really talked about the music on this album. Um, sorry, sorry. No, no, it's good. I, I, I'm, I'm just transitioning like back. Speakers. This is what we do. I mean, so we, I think we all like cash money's an army. How, how well has bling bling held up? Not well. Yeah. <laughs> It was actually refreshing for me to hear it because I I haven't heard the record in five or seven years. Um, it's a goofy it, record. It is a goofy record. Um, it's really funny. Um, out of all of the people on this record, it's really funny to to hear. Um, and we didn't talk about this, you know, when we were referencing older Cash Money albums, but like, Baby was like it, at least Manny Fresh wrote the beat. Like baby would just talk, and it wasn't even it wasn't even like the hot because even high. One thing we didn't talk about with high and juvenile's flow on that particular record, it it was like a spoken word flow. So even though it wasn't on beat, it still had a rhythm to it. Um, I don't know what baby was doing on bling bling. That was that was his character though. He's game spitting. He's game yeah, spitting. Exactly. He was game spitting. That was yeah, his but you go from, but he did that. You got to remember, dog. He did that on every single verse he had. Like he was. <laughs> that was his thing, though. But then you notice when he started like really wanting to be a rapper, he changed to Birdman. Like it became uh, something completely different. Baby was thirty two. Um, you know, 32 fronts or whatever he called it. So like, it was a total, total different persona. It was like, I'm just a game spitter. You know, I just talk slick on the record and slick talk, you know? Yep. Yeah. Like the bird, the bird sound wasn't even in play. Like I've never heard that early on. Like that wasn't his persona. It was like, he, he's a, I mean, dog, he can market. Like they, he is, he's a, I've heard that from a lot of people just through interviews that he's very, very smart. And he sees he has a vision and he knows what he wants and they actually pull it off. And I feel like he like he created that persona. He stuck with it. He was consistent with it. I mean, think about the skits like him and Manny Fresh on the intro like that was consistent. We, yeah. we waited. We waited to hear that. Yep. And you, sure you don't hear that no more. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, Drake brought it back uh, on uh, his last album uh, 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 we'll be fine right yeah and he you notice what did he say uh he might even used oh the language too yeah, yeah. um every time you see it man. stunt man. Yeah, yeah right right he went back to that old like just game talking or whatever you want to call it so it's like i feel like there was a persona more than it was mm. him trying to rap 
he was just playing a character. Now I wish I could go back and look, but I'm I'm I, was was the the intro not the introduction, but like was the commercialization of the bird call what happened to that boy, or was he doing yeah. that before? I mean, that's when it became a thing, right? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm thinking of you know other records like Get Your Roll On and Ten Ways and you know other it, records that they had. Was he bird calling on those records? It, it's amazing. Like it, it's the the strength of the rest of that song that allows that bird call to even remotely work. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a it's a good thing that beat is crazy and it's a good thing that the clips are, are killing that song because like. It, it balances it out and it makes it, you know, funny. Nah, but it's like, Bird, nah, Birdman, nah, Birdman, Birdman won no slouch on that record. Whoever wrote his verse, probably Wayne, maybe, maybe Boo and or Gotti, but uh, Stunner and Patty Cake, the worldwide pusher, Birdman, nigga, lead the guns in the bushes, woo, bars. Um, <laughs> oh, speaking of speaking of the clips, um, just scrolling through uh, Twitter, Hits Daily Double has announced that. Uh, new Pusha T album June thirtieth. Hmm. There you go, that. So we gonna? Oh, we haven't even we haven't even made the announcement yet. What's that? You really gonna? Is that you trying to set it up or? Nah, I was gonna wait. Okay. Now nah, we gonna talk Cash Money right all now. Right. We'll make that we'll come an, back we'll make to that. announcement later. Yeah, we'll make and that. New, all right. You signed to good music, come on. <laughs> Yo, I'm the newest member of the Rockefeller team, <laughs> and I'm about to make day mad more cream. That was a corniest. <laughs> Yo, chill, man. Get off couple the kids. stage! Get <laughs> off the stage! Uh, I'm kind of Louis Vuitton Don, but my mom's a Louis. Now she Louis Vuitton mom. Bars. Well, my mom All right. Person. Is there anything else on? This? Is there any <laughs> anything else on this BJ album we care about? No. I mean, there was a good, there was a couple, there was a couple joints, uh, but nah. Yo, niggas in trouble is crazy. That's Niggas not on this album. Yes, it is. I'm looking at oh, it right, you're right now. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. The original, and also shout out to the, the original Niggas in Trouble that was on BG's uh, second album, uh, Chopper City with Mac, Free Mac. Um, that's one of my favorite Cash Money records too. That 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 record is crazy. Um, other than that, yeah, like this album did not age well at all. I remember loving this album when it came out, but you know, revisiting this album was, like I used to love thugging and hard times and knockout and nah we hope you enjoyed side a of this week's episode please check out side b at clockradiospeakers.com